are like me, you might lose your way sometimes. You get a little foggy on your vision, yet you lack clarity, and you find yourself kind of in this position where your nose is the grindstone, and you're moving forward, but maybe you're inching forward, or you feel like you're spinning your wheels because you've just kind of gotten a little off track. And if that's you, you're in the right place, because I'm going to talk about... Um, you know, a framework to solve that problem because I run into it more often than not. And, you know, how I found myself in that position very recently. And so to set the stage at Echelon Front's muster event, which is like a big sort of leadership conference uh, led by, you know, Jocko Willink and his, and his team. And I'm there with Angie and a few people from from our team at Lingzo Fitness Academy. And we're just kind of taking it in. And this is something Angie and I have always really enjoyed over the years. Just going to these events. It's like you get physically away. So you're in a new environment, which, uh, you know, kind of stirs new thoughts. Just keeps you in that mindset of staying students. You're meeting new people. And, and it was awesome, man. And so this whole training was based off of leadership or it was, it was to make better leaders. And there was this assessment they did And the assessment was like, it would take, you know, a principle that they were teaching you. And then they would ask you a few questions about it. And the questions were scaled, right? Meaning like you would do, you would pencil in a one. If this question, you know, if this describes you or a five, if, if this describes you and the idea was to keep everything around three and stay nice and balanced. And so the principle that they were talking about or that this is, well, there's four of them, but in, in this particular one I'm going to talk about, it was cover and move, which means like, hey man, if you're a leader and you're and you're guiding a team, can you cover for other people so that they can execute? And can other people cover for you so that you can execute? And, you know, of, of a couple of the questions they asked, there's one of them where it was like on one side of the spectrum, they it said, I don't fully understand the mission of my own team. Oh, no, I understand the mission of my own team, I think. But, you know, of the overall team, I should say. But then the other end of the scale is the one I actually filled in and said, I understand everybody else's mission significantly more than my own, you know, because I was, I've been so busy covering for everybody. I kind of forgot what am I, what am I supposed to be doing? And there was another question under that same thing on one end of the spectrum and said, I'm concerned about my own mission and prioritize my own mission above the, the team's success. No, nah, that's not me. But on the other side of the spectrum, I spend so much time on everyone else's missions, I am ineffective at executing my own. And yep, that was me. I spent so much time helping, assisting, covering, doing all the small shit. You know, I forgot, I, or I was ineffective, I should say, in executing my own mission. Here's the crazy thing. Angie and I, we weren't even sitting next to each other. There's, or yeah, I guess we were, but we weren't looking at our stuff. You know, I wasn't looking at her. She, we weren't doing this exercise together. She filled in those same bubbles. Which means there's two people running an organization together and we both feel like we know everybody else's job in the organization. We know what everybody else is supposed to do, but we don't even know what we're supposed to be doing. And we understand the overall mission of the team, but we're, we're, we spend so much time on other people's stuff that we are ineffective at doing what we're supposed to be doing. And I can explain to you how I got here anyway. And that is, you know, back in 2020 is when we decided to close our gyms and, and go all in our online business. And, and the way that worked at the time was that like, you know, Angie and I would, you know, we we're both super active on social media and that's where we would post, you know, stuff that was essentially our marketing. Uh, we'd get new clients from it. And then, you know, we would talk to those potential clients, you know, sell them a package and then, you know, fulfill and do our training package with them. So Angie and I are both doing the exact same job which is, you know, A, it's exhausting and B, it's just not efficient. And so about a year and a half ago, 
I went more into like CEO mode, you know, and the intention there was that like, Hey, I'll work on the back end of the business. I'll hire and build a team, hire and train a team, which is going to take pressure off of you. And you just be the marketing, not just, but you do the marketing. And, and that was the plan. But while I was executing this plan, my attention just got completely scattered because I'm high, you know, I hired the team, train the team, run the team, you know, it's 15 people went from four to 15 really quick or three to 15 really, really quick. You know, I'm, I'm doing meetings. I'm mentoring these people, taking care of all the financials, anything back end related in the business. I'm still taking on clients and coaching clients by referral. I'm still trying to keep this podcast going. And I'm still doing training calls in our group as well. At one point it was weekly. And so with so much scattered attention, it's, you know, my social media presence went to zero. Like I just stopped posting and that may not sound like a big deal, but like in an online business, your online presence is a big deal. Right. And so the fact that I was completely withdrawing from it, you know, was, it's kind of like, well, I, I guess I'll worry about that later, which is never a good take. I had known for a long time that the next big thing for me to do was to write a book. And during, during the last year and a half, up until a couple months ago, I made zero progress on that. And worst of all, podcasts and training calls, which are actually the two things about my job that I love the most. I love doing podcasts the most, and I love doing internal training calls with our clients. I love these, like that's the favorite part of my job. But now they got to a point where they were always an afterthought. And I started to feel like, oh shit, I got a training call coming up. I got to prepare for that. Oh my God, I got to get a podcast out for this week. And all the continuing education and reading that I used to do that sort of made me me, <laughs> that gave me an expertise and gave me all these things to think about, it just ground to a halt. I just stopped doing any of it on my own. And thank God I had joined some masterminds, some groups that I had weekly call schedules. So at least I could be like, hey, there's a call schedule. I'm going to jump on and learn something. But I certainly wasn't reading on my own or really pursuing much on my own anymore. And so, you know, during this leadership thing, presentation or assessment that I did during the presentation, I was hit with this massive realization that in all of the doing that I had been partaking in of the last year of, of just being head down, nose to the grindstone, I had lost clarity about where I was going. And it's not like, it's not like I was totally directionless. Like I was still, I was still moving in the right direction. I, I should say I was still moving in odd direction, moving generally in the right direction. You know what I mean? I, I kept consistent with the podcast. I, I, you know, we, we made sure the team, I mean, the team is better coaches than we are at this point. So we did some stuff right. But here's the thing about just because I wasn't totally directionless. Well, dude, even if you're off course by one degree, you know, that being one degree off course, it compounds over time and that's what gets you lost. And so my goal for today is just to encourage you to continually seek clarity. Uh, give yourself permission to slow down, reevaluate your positions on everything. You know, constantly just kind of take inventory of where you are, what's important to you, and then contrast that against where are you going and how are you spending your time, you know? Because, you know, goals and objectives, they change. They're a moving target. They change over time. And, you know, gaining clarity and keeping clarity, it requires some stillness, some slowing down and taking the time to just stop, look around and make sure that you're still on the right path. And, you know, the goal hasn't changed and all that good stuff, you know, so it takes time. It takes effort to step away from the doing, but it, it's a worthy pursuit because it keeps you on track in the long run. And, you know, it goes without saying that the real problem I want to highlight today is that when we are in that head down mode, like we're when we're in the weeds of everyday life, 
it is really easy to get consumed by the urgent stuff, the small fires of everyday life. It's easy to let those consume all of your time and all of your attention. And meanwhile, the projects that are important, that are actually going to move your life and your business forward, but not necessarily time sensitive, get pushed to the back burner. Now, I know, you know, 10 out of 10 people realistically would say that their health is important, right? 10 out of 10 people, like you'd be a real silly goose to say, oh, dude, I don't give a shit about my health at all. I just want to die when I'm 40 of a heart attack. Nobody says that, right? Everybody says it's important. But why aren't they doing it? It's because it's not urgent. If you're 35, 40, 45, if you're a little overweight, if you have some increased risk factors for cardiovascular disease, guess what? You're not going to die tomorrow. It's not urgent. There's so many other things in your life that are urgent, that demand your attention right now. It's that important thing. Your health gets pushed to the back burner. Next thing you know, you're 55, 60, and now it is urgent. The can's been kicked down the road long enough. And the same thing can happen in any area of your life, whether it's, you know, obviously your health is one example, but your business, your finances, your relationships, all sorts of stuff. And that's the problem I want to highlight today. Don't let the urgent push the important out of the way. Because when we do, when we end up really busy, when we end up letting the urgent consume us, not only does that take up all of our time, but we end up exhausted from all that output. And even though we're exhausted and even though we're busy, we barely move forward, if at all, because the most important projects are pushed aside. You know, the most important projects are pushed aside. You know, I gave you the health example. Think about the family example. I mean, how many of us say, hey, dude, at least if you're in my world, you're probably on a similar wavelength of like my relationship with my spouse is extremely important. So we want to have date night and we want to have time for one-on-one connection. Okay, cool, man. But that's not urgent. You won't get divorced if you miss a single date night. You know what I mean? Your, Your family won't crumble if you miss a single date night. But if a month and then two months and a year goes by where you guys just keep pushing that aside because it's not urgent, well, guess what? It was an important thing. And next thing you know, you guys have created some distance between yourselves and the whole family feels the effect of that. You know, it's the same with business. I know that the next step for me and my brand and what is ultimately going to create, you know, the next level of, you know, prosperity for myself and my team is, is to put my book, to put my thoughts together, put a book out in the world and start, you know, working off of that. But there's no time sensitivity to it. Like, oh, I can always write a book tomorrow. I can always write a chapter tomorrow. And because there was no time urgency on it, because even though it's probably the most important thing I could do, but there's no time sensitivity sensitivity to it, I got sucked into a bunch of the small fires of everyday management that kept me busy, but you know, didn't move me forward nearly as much as having a completed book to go out and promote right now would be doing. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard to sit there and be still when there's all this urgent shit going on around you. I know it's hard to say no to being busy. I know that. Uh, I know it's hard to just ignore the the urgent stuff and just focus on the important. Like, how can you focus when you got all these small fires around you? And in fact, most people can't do it. it. It's just too damn uncomfortable to get quiet and focused and stay there and sit in it. Most of us would rather be distracted and busy. But if you can sit with it, 
If you can bear that discomfort over a longer time frame, you will have made much more progress. You'll have created much more traction for yourself. You will have spent more time in a way that is meaningful for you. And most importantly, if you can sit with the discomfort of saying no to busyness and no to urgent stuff, you can be at total peace with not doing things that don't serve your long-term vision. So create the fortitude to sit in it for a second. And over time, it just creates peace where these, these urgent things don't bother you anymore and you have no problem saying no to them. And so, yeah, cool. Easier said than done. What do you just sit there and let, uh, let the world fall down around you so that you can focus on what's important and, uh, you know, just let your anxiety go through the roof with all the urgent things you're ignoring. No, dude, it's not that easy. I, I know that. That's why I'm going to share with you a framework. So when I lose clarity, and I, I do this frequently, by the way, probably monthly, if not more, a couple times a month, I, I, have, I go through this little checklist. Okay, it's not a checklist, framework, whatever you want to call it. But I always start with a brain dump. I just write down everything, all of my weekly tasks. So task is just something you know I have to do during the week at some point. Weekly deadlines. So for example, the absolute latest I can get my podcast in to air on Friday is Wednesday afternoon so that the you know producer can spruce it up, blah, 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 right? Get my final approval. So that's a deadline. So now I know I got to work backwards off that deadline. Like, hey, dude, I probably got to outline that thing, you know, previous week, refine it at least once, record it Wednesday, the whole deal. And then weekly meetings. So I have to be here at this time on this day. So I brained up. I'm like, what are all the tasks I'm doing? What are all the deadlines I have? What are all the meetings I have? And then I look at what are my areas of constraint? So what am I, so what am I not able to get to consistently? So here's all the stuff I have to do in a week, right? So let's call it urgent. And then we can look and say, what am I not getting to consistently? Because if I'm not getting to it, it's obviously not urgent, but that doesn't mean it's not important. So if there's something important that I'm not getting to, that's an area of constraint. I want to make note of that. What is important that I'm not getting to consistently? And then I got to ask, well, what is keeping me from getting there? Is it time? Is it energy? Is it focus? You know, what is it? Is it resources? You know, what is it? And from there, what I do, so once I've got my brain dump of all the weekly tasks, deadlines, and meetings, and then you know, which is the things I I actually take part in every week. And then the things that I'm not able to get to, I can ask myself, well, okay, are there any weekly obligations that are creating the constraint? Are are these weekly tasks, deadlines, and meetings creating constraint? And if so, can I remove them or delegate them or pare them down? That's always where I look. What am I doing every week? What, What am I not getting to that I want to get to? And is there anything I can remove? Simple enough, right? Simple enough. Then I move on and I look at my current projects. Okay. In a project, I would look at as something is not recurring, you know? So it's like the podcast is recurring. Payroll is recurring. You know what I'm saying? But um, a project is like, hey man, this is a thing that's going to move the business forward, but it's not recurring. It's a one-time thing. And I, I just dump out every open project I have right now. Anything that has been started has not been started, but I know I, I would like to start. A teammate has requested, like whatever the case is, I list out all open projects right now. And then I ask myself two questions. Which one is closest to completion? Because 
if it's really close to completion and I know I can knock it out in a limited amount of time, one afternoon, a couple hours, whatever the case is, well, that's going to clear some bandwidth. Just It's going to create some momentum just to be able to cross off the list. So I ask myself that, but I also ask, will any of these projects remove an area of constraint in my life? So I'll give you an example right now. I'm in the midst of creating a master checklist in revamping the curriculum for which I coach men. The last year and a half, I have been taking clients by referral only. All good. All good. But everybody I've worked with one-on-one, it's been a completely custom experience because that's just what it is. I don't have my own, like I got away from the frameworks that I initially started with because I I realized there's better ways to do things. And I started working, you know, like everybody's different, which is, which is true. But even though everybody's different, you want to customize stuff for people. You still want to have a curriculum that is based in so you can move them along. Right. And I haven't rewritten that yet. And so, so one area of constraint for me is that I can't take on clients right now. I don't have the bandwidth to work with somebody one-on-one, but I do know if I was organized and I had my curriculum laid out and I had my checklist laid out that I would be able to fulfill at the level I wanted to create the transformation I wanted to and not have it take the bandwidth I needed to. So if I were to spend a weekend or a week to knock this out to get a working version of my new, you know, men's coaching curriculum out, I know that will remove a huge constraint in my life because all of a sudden I can start taking clients again. Like, cool, man. I like doing that. I like working with people. Make sense? So again, start with the brain dump, weekly tasks, tasks, deadlines, and meetings, areas of constraint. And is there any way I can get rid of some of my weekly obligations to remove some of that restraint? And then I look at all my open projects. I ask myself, which one's closest to completion? Do I just need to knock it out to create momentum? And, or is there a project that will remove a huge constraint in my life and that, you know, prioritize that one. But then I ask myself another question and I ask what, what activities, what spending my time, what makes me feel like me? What makes me feel like myself? What makes me feel most alive? You know, so for me, it's like getting back to the basics, man, lifting, running, jujitsu, reading, playing my guitar. And a good way to quantify this or, or to a litmus test, if you will, is it's like, if I spend another month not doing these things, I'm going to be pissed. You know, so a lot of people are like, oh yeah, dude, like I like to live. Oh, I just can't get to it. And you know what I mean? Like I want to do it. I want to be doing it. I know I'll feel better, but I can't because I'm so buried in the weeds and doing all this urgent bullshit. And if I spend another month not getting my lifting in, if I spend another month not doing jujitsu, I'm going to be pissed. If I spend another year not doing it, I'm going to start to ask myself, like, why am I even here if I can't do the things I want to do? That's that's the kind of stuff we're looking for. It's going to be different for you. But what makes you feel the most like yourself? What makes you feel most alive? What You know, whatever it is, doesn't have to be work-related. Mine is mostly physical and mental, like, hobbies, right? And so I know those things. And when we look at that little checklist here, when those questions you ask yourself, which is, how am I spending my time currently with my weekly obligations? Where are my constraints? What projects am I working on? And what activities make me feel most like myself? Well, now we can, we can start to piece it together because when it comes to obligations, whether they are, you know, when, well, when it comes to any obligation, really, we want to remove as many as possible. If it's a weekly or a daily or whatever, it's a time obligation you want to really audit that hard and be like, dude, do I have to do this? And if you do, 
then, you know, you got to do it, but you want to remove as many as possible. When it comes to projects, you want to prioritize the ones that will have the most benefit of your life in the, in the fastest possible time frame. You know, that those are the ones you want to prioritize most likely. Right. But then when it comes to adding more to your plate, I only want you to add more to your plate. If you're adding more of the stuff that makes you most feel most like yourself, if you're adding more of the stuff that makes you feel most alive. And here's where a lot of people struggle is that these often are not income producing activities. And I honestly can't explain how this works, but put it this way. When you only ever focus on income producing activities, when you only ever focus on filling your day with being as efficient as possible, knocking out as many obligations as possible, knocking out as many tasks as possible, you you're in a world of addition. You are adding brick by brick, but the ceiling is finite. There's only so many hours in a day where you can add tasks to your plate. And this is the counterintuitive part. But when you invest time into doing the things that make you feel most alive, you find yourself in a world where the benefits of it are compounding. And again, I can't explain that. I can't explain how doing less work-related tasks somehow magically creates more productivity in every way, in every, every area of your life, but it does. And so if you can remove obligations, prioritize projects that will make your life better, the fastest, and only add to your plate when you're adding things that make you feel truly alive, the benefits to your psyche, the benefits to your productivity, the benefits to your physicality, they're going to be compounding rather than adding. So you're going to be getting more done with less stress. And what's most important is that you'll be doing things that are important to you. You'll be living life on your own terms and you'll be doing less things that cause stress in your life. So that's my framework, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it is helpful for you. Let me know if you are able to implement this. Let me know if you've ever experienced this where you're like, I can't explain it, but like I stopped worrying about work so much. And I just started focusing on being the best version of me as possible. And all of a sudden, opportunities came out of the woodworks. I know some people certainly who, who we've worked with in, coaching, in our coaching program have experienced it. I would love to hear from you guys on that. Uh, but that's all I got for today. So look, as always, if you want to know where to find me, go over to thegoodshit.com. So my socials are linked up on there. Click the orange button that says get with the program. That's going to bring you over to my sub stack. Put my first article up there yesterday. I'm going to be continuing to write. Like, I, by the way, I'm taking my own advice on this. Writing is fun for me. <laughs> Writing is the most important task I can do for my business. Writing and communicating. So I'm continuing to do more of it. I've been more consistent on social media. I am going to be more consistent in Substack. I'm writing for Certainty News, which is a news um, outlet. So I'm doing all the things that I know are important, even though they're not urgent. And so I'm just inviting you along on that journey with me. Join me on Substack. Obviously, stay stay in touch on the podcast. Stay in touch on social media. Instagram and Facebook are where I'm most active at the at the moment. And if there's anything else that you want to hear about, you want to get my take on, you just you just get in touch with me. You let me know. Instagram is probably the best way to do that. And I will cover that shit for you. All right? You have an awesome week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.